You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our Charity Champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode of the Charity Champions podcast, Dear Younger Me. What would we say to Dear Younger Us that maybe we could save some young people from going through some of the challenges that we did? Dr. Sue Battle from Camp Careful and Susan Peters from Unbound talk about unhealthy relationships from their past. They also talk about advice they'd give their younger selves. And now let's hear from our champions. First of all, Dr. Battle, what is Camp Careful and why did you start it? So Camp Careful is a program I started about 11 years ago, and I was on the board of directors of the Advocacy Center, and I just wanted to start a program where I could talk to young kids and their parents about how to keep their bodies safe. It was something I knew because I had a young three, four-year-old at the time. I had parents that were kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't know how to talk to my kids about things. And, And so I just kind of started it as a small get together very informal and that kind of grew over the years and it's gotten to be really big now and i enjoy doing that it's one of my passions perfect and then susan if you want to tell us about unbound real quick yeah we started unbound in 2012 because of learning just about human trafficking really over the whole globe it's the fastest growing criminal industry there's human trafficking in every nation even though there's laws against slavery we have slavery and across the u.s it's just the same So especially when we started looking even locally here in Waco and um, the local communities that we have relationships with, there's human trafficking. And so we started Unbound. And so we do a lot of trainings. We're in schools. We're in group homes, really um, doing a lot of prevention work, uh, middle school, um, small groups. And then we uh, do a lot of professional trainings because a lot of victims of human trafficking will go through the medical clinics or hospitals and get missed and so we want people to be able to identify that so we train law enforcement and uh, social workers medical community just you know really anyone that can interface with victims and then that means we find victims so we have advocates that work on behalf of victims and just within Texas we served about 200 victims last year so you two have very similar passions and with your work and everything that you do so why did you want to start this podcast called Dear Younger You? So, well, I mean, Susan brought the the name of it, I guess, and the, <laughs> the idea of it to me. We have always connected um, informally at first, and then our our jobs have kind of let us cross, path, cross paths. And so she said, you know, it'd be great because we have so much um, information from victims and, and clients and survivors that we interact with, because I also work at the Advocacy Center doing child sexual abuse exams. So we have so many things that we've heard from all these young children and teenagers about, you know, how they became trapped in in, in interactions and relationships and didn't know how they got into it and how they could get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of talked about, you know, what what could we do to talk to young kids and teenagers out there about, you know, things that we wish we had known when we were younger. Mm -hmm. And now we know and we're wiser and older and have the jobs that have um, allowed us to to work with children and to, and and young adults and get them out of situations that they don't know how to get out of. So we thought this would be a great way to kind of share what we've learned. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think I just see, I mean, like 
look at Dr. Battle. She is such an amazing, vivacious, alive woman doing her passions and so many women that we know that are just doing amazing things. But we all have a story. Right. When we were, you know, adolescent youth, mm-hmm. we had our own struggles. And so what would we say to dear younger us, you know, that maybe we could save some young people from going through some of the challenges that we did and um, be in a better place. So what is some of the stuff that y'all would talk about to tell yourself how to not be in those situations, that kind of thing? Well, you know, I grew up with a very stable home life, well-to-do family, you know, stable, loving parents and siblings. And you know, great education, great background. And I had such high expectations from my parents. And also I think that cultivated in me these really, really high expectations of myself. Hmm. And, you know, going through middle school and high school, everything was great, very stressed. I was very stressed. (laughs) And when I got to college, coming out of the home and being on my own and being independent, those expectations multiplied tenfold without my parents around me all the time. And that led me into this depression and stress and anxiety that was way beyond anything I could control. And so when I think back to that now, I think, oh gosh, you know, we have so many expectations on ourselves that are um, way beyond what we can control and way beyond what we should have. Right. (laughs) And, you know, and, and we don't know how to handle it as young teenagers and adults. And so I wish I knew back then and I also had expectations of, you know, how to live, like be, you have to be polite, you have to be kind, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to, you know, follow along in these relationships. And, and so there's this thing in media, in family relationships, in church, where they teach you what you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, yeah. and it's hard as a teenager to decide which of those things are actually really important. Right. There's, a lot, there's, there's a, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure and a lot of not measuring up yes. insecurity. Yes. And so... You know, it's. I wish I knew back then to ask for help, to met make maybe more realistic expectations mm-hmm. for myself, and to understand that everybody else is going through this. I thought it was just me. Like I have, oh my gosh, I have so much I have to do. I have to so much I have to live up to, and and I thought it was just me. And I think everybody is struggling with this mm-hmm. as a as a young child and a teenager. Mm-hmm. And just to reach out to friends, reach out to an adult. I, I didn't know that. And so I kind of kept it all in and that made it worse. And a lot of people a struggle, a lot of young people struggle with depression, with anxiety and all of that. And so it's really saying, hey, there's a way out. There's some mm-hmm. support systems that you don't have to suffer alone. Yes, for sure. I think that, um, I, I think teenagers have a hard time and especially in this day and age where it's all social media based mm-hmm. to their relationships. And we all know that social media relationships are often false or um, made to look better than they actually are. And that, again, puts pressure on a teenager to live up to these expectations. So it, again, it goes back to all these high expectations and they're not realistic. And they can, they can start becoming dangerous. Yes. Because just because an older man you know, messages you on a social media and he wants pictures of you or he wants a relationship with you, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't have voice right. to say, no. Yeah. And, and again, with social media, you know, we want the most followers and we want the most friends and we want the most likes and teenagers live off that and they feed off that. Right. So they see um, someone saying, oh, you sure are pretty. You sure are cute. You know, what are you up to these days? And then they start a relationship that way. I don't know how many times we hear at the advocacy center when we're talking about teenage client survivors, 
it starts with, well, we, we met on Snapchat. And right. that's how relationships start. And again, that's so unsafe because you don't really know who that person is unless you interact with them personally. Um, but they start these relationships online. Um, they cultivate, they groom, they manipulate, they make them feel loved, they make them feel like they've just the center of their attention. And then they start into this relationship that they didn't know they got into. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well now, you know, you know how much I love you. Please send me a picture of you. Right. And it's a regular picture. And then it's send me something more sexy. And then that leads to a feeling where they feel like they need to, they are expected to. So they have these expectations of where does this relationship go? Oh, like, well, you know, we, we like each other. And so I guess I will send a picture of myself naked. And then they get hooked into a relationship that they don't know how to get out of that now. And then it leads to more and more expectations of things that they don't want to do. And it can happen in junior high and high school and dating relationships. It's kind of very similar. Mm -hmm. They're in a relationship, but the expectations just keep coming and coming and coming. And, you know, I think for us, when we say, hey, dear younger you, you know, I can remember as a child, uh, I was sexually abused when I was six years old. And um, a lot of times you, you either have that fight, fright, or what is it, fight, flight, or flight, or fright. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was freeze, you know. And uh, so, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just immobilized, and I didn't have voice, didn't know what to do to get out of that situation. And then you fast forward a few years, and I am 15, and I have a 22-year-old boyfriend, you know. And because I came from a single-family home, um, there was mental illness in my home, there was alcoholism and uh that kind of thing. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a support system to be able to navigate a relationship like that. And that differentiation of power, of course, I didn't see it as a 15-year-old. I thought, he, wow, he thinks I'm extremely mm -hmm. special and I'm beautiful and I'm smart and I'm mature. That's a key right, word. Right. And so you get into this relationship, but you know, slowly you lose your voice, you lose what you want. You know, all of a sudden I'm not playing soccer anymore. I'm not doing cheerleading. I'm not hanging out with my friends because that doesn't work in his adult world. And his adult world keeps infringing more and more upon me. But you, I think for, to say, hey, dear younger you, it's like, hey, push pause. Mm -hmm. Don't get so sucked up into this that you're not saying, what do I want? Wait, wait a minute, do I really want to lose my high school years? Do I really want to give up, you know, cheerleading and ending this? with my friends and um, just those coercive, manipulative relationships. As adults, we can see that, right. but kids, we can't. And so the one thing we were saying is, hey, dear younger me, don't confide in just your 15, 16-year-old friends. Mm -hmm. Find a safe adult because yeah, right. they have perspective, right. and that's what we hope for people that are listening. Just so important, too, that when we have, you know, I go and speak to schools and churches, and so it's really important for adults to be able to recognize the signs and symptoms too. Because yes, a teenager um, might be realizing, okay, gosh, I don't have my friends anymore. Gosh, I don't do all the things that I used to do that I loved. But they still, again, don't know how to get out of that a lot of times. Right. And it requires a safe adult that they can speak to and an adult who knows what to do. So it, it takes two of them. Um, but really the teenager has to take the first step or, or an adult needs to be able to recognize things and say, do you need help? Hey, what's going on? You know, just showing some sort of attention to a teenager that they know is maybe not doing what they used to do, behavior changes, you know, school changes, things like that. It really takes aware adults to help children and teenagers. And it, and it takes a lot for a child and a teenager to realize, oh gosh, you know, these 
these things are not what I want. They, they, it's hard for them to have a voice, but it's so important and it's so achievable, you know, having mm -hmm. a voice and having confidence, but it just takes, you know, being able to speak to someone and having somebody help you along. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you y'all kind of touched on this a little bit. What are some of the things that like for kids to kind of take a step away? What mm -hmm. are the red flags? What are, and how would you maneuver getting yourself out of those ways? I think when, um, a young person finds himself in a relationship that starts to become destructive. Obviously, they there's some excitement. There's a payoff. You're in it because there's there is a positive payoff. What are you getting? You're getting attention. You have someone to text and talk to during the day. If something is rough, you have something to communicate. So obviously, there's some perks, or you wouldn't be in it. You're not mm -hmm. stupid. You know, right. there's some reward. But being smart and saying, okay, I'm, I know I'm getting a reward out of this, but let's look at the damaging impacts of it. How is this impacting my relationship with my parents? How is this impacting my relationship with my key support system and friends? How is it impacting my relationship with God or the youth group or the things that I value um, that maybe were really important to me and I'm really detaching from those things because it, there's some compromise in here. I made some commitments maybe with my own body and I'm now giving those up because of this relationship. You know, I think I want to do this, but push pause long enough because a lot of times few years down the road, a few months down the road, you find out I was really not, that's not what I wanted to do. I just was so caught up in this relationship. So I think just being honest with yourself to say, what are the negative impacts of this relationship? How is it impacting the most important relationships in my life? When I look at my future of going to college or um, some of the aspirations I have, is this relationship actually deterring me from that? Mm -hmm. Am I willing, starting to talk about sacrificing those things on behalf of this relationship? You know, those are some, some keys. The anxiety, is the anxiety in that relationship really going out the roof where you can't sleep and you're depressed and you can't eat or mm -hmm. those kind of things? You know, a relationship should make you the best you you can be. It should be something that complements your goals, complements who you are, um, that we're the best version of ourselves with those people around us. And a lot of times when you find yourself around people that's bringing out the worst version of you and bringing you down to what you never wanted to be, that's when you need to get some help. And the, the good thing too is if you find yourself and you're like, man, I've messed up. Man, I am. I have allowed this person to physically assault me, sexually assault me, verbally assault me. This is not a healthy environment. I'm going to be honest with myself. You can just as you made some slow steps to get in that, you can start making some steps to get out of that and get to a healthier place and and become these amazing um, women that I'm talking about um, that we're trying to speak into that dear younger you that you can come out of it. Yeah, and I have so many teenagers that come and see me who have been abused in the past and are making their outcry, but it's been months or years that they've been in the relationship. And I don't know how many times the teenage girls will say, well, I knew he was violent, you know, and every time he kept getting, you know, rougher, or sometimes he was really sweet, but sometimes he was really not gentle at all. And so they know that it's not a safe relationship. They know it's not a healthy relationship that they're in. And so again, I think it goes back to, they feel like they were supposed to do it, or they feel like they were part of it, they feel like they're to blame. There's always a lot of self-blame and guilt going on when they're in these unsafe and unhealthy relationships or if they've been sexually abused. And so because of that guilt and self-blame, they don't know how to get out of it because they think they're part of it. And mm -hmm. to those girls, I say, it's not your fault. It is not your fault. And they, they look at me as if that's something crazy, the concept that it is not their fault. 
Um, and so I think it takes a lot of people who love them to say, um, or who care about them to say, it's not your fault at all. And if you know this is unhealthy and unsafe, let's get you out of it mm-hmm. and let's help you. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why, again, I keep going back to, yes, the girls may may understand it's not safe. They may understand it's not healthy. They understand they actually want to get out of it, but they don't know how because mentally they are, they're trapped. They've been manipulated. They've been groomed and they don't know how to do it safely. And so that's how it takes a friend, a confidant, a, a counselor, a teacher, a parent, somebody who we can say, well, at least go talk to a safe adult or a safe friend, somebody right. that can help you get out of that. Mm-hmm. Because they often recognize it, but just don't know how to get out of mm-hmm. it. So to those girls, I say, it is not your fault. You are totally not to blame, and you can get help when we can get you out. I think that's... Yeah, and I think, you know, when I talked about the beginning, you know, these amazing, vibrant women, and they're doing incredible things, um, you know, we want to say to the younger girls, that's inside of you. Right. And so if you're in an environment that is making you weaker, it's making you compromise, it's making you the worst version of yourself, there's something in you, and with God's help and great people around you, you can pull out of this. And so that's what we're saying is we feel more alive than ever doing our passions, leading, being strong women. And so we're speaking to the younger women saying that's inside of you. You Mm -hmm. can be strong. You can stand up against those relationships and those people and just say, no, that's not good enough for me. I know that God has more for me. I know I can be more. And we believe that there's a lot of younger girls that we hope will listen to this and go, wow, how did I get sucked into that? I am stronger than that. I have better aspirations for myself and I've got to get out of this to achieve those. And Susan, you kind of talked about this, but how did you yourself get out of your manipulative relationships? Well, it was, it was tough. And unfortunately, you know, two years I got pregnant. I had an abortion at 15. Um, you know, very controlled. And I mean, you look at me and you're going, you're such a strong woman. How'd that happen? It happens. You know, we just, I think we're, you know, we're made for love and we have ideas and then we get in a situation and it's very difficult to get out. And, and in my case, I didn't have um, adult systems around that I felt I could talk to to help me get out of it. And, you know, honestly, by the grace of God, um, we, he, um, uh, went to Baylor and so I was coming down here and I met some really amazing Christian men and women and was like how do I do that I want that and so God gave me strength I broke up I came to Baylor found really amazing people to link arms with and um, some that I'm still friends with today our pastor and um, just a great support system and then you know I think in the church is a great environment if it's a healthy church where there's families and couples and because I had no paradigm I mean I had 13 divorces in my immediate family just my mm-hmm. siblings and parents wow. marrying several times and so there was no modeling for good healthy relationships and so I really looked to those marriages and people to go wow how do you do that and just learned and so over time um, just was able to grow and and get stronger and stronger year by year and so thankful for that and so now I love what I do snatching you know boys and girls mostly girls out of the throes of human trafficking and um, just love what I get to do but I think because of that history of saying we need help to help each other up and so I'm very thankful your work that you've done Dr. Battle what are some of the things that you've seen how have people gotten out of it how 
how have you subverted the expectations that you put on yourself? Mm -hmm. Because you were talking about how that also plays a large role into some of these more manipulative relationships and things like that. Yeah, so when I'm talking to teenagers and children in my work setting at the Advocacy Center, I I end up hearing the, the way that they end up coming to get services from us with their outcry, a lot of the times with teenagers, it's because they've told a friend. So I, that it, that is really important. I know we say adult, a safe adult has to ultimately bring them forward, but 40% of the time when a child is being sexually abused or, or taken advantage of in any way, they tell a friend first. And so when I'm talking to young young children, boys and girls, I say, you know, maybe you won't be in an unhealthy relationship, but somebody you know, I guarantee will be. And it is really important for you to be a good friend and to listen and to understand. Um, and so one of the things I always say is friendships are and bonds and relationships are really important. So when a, when a friend tells you something, how do you react to that? And you react with love and acceptance and grace and say, you're going to be okay and we're going to help you. And, and that's really important to be a friend, even if you yourself might not be in an unhealthy or unsafe relationship. So friendships and knowing what to do is really important. When we... You know, I go back again to media a lot with these high expectations. I, It's hard to um, avoid all of those things when they're in your face all the time right. with mm-hmm. um, Instagram and music videos and music lyrics. Oh, my gosh. When I listen to the lyrics on, on these songs that are popular with teenagers, it's embedded mm-hmm. in in things that they're listening to about how you should act and things that you should do physically and sexually in a relationship and that's expected and that's normal and it's not. And so, you know, trying to understand what's real and what's not and understanding what healthy relationships look like. I mean, look around you young girls and guys and see a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and see what is what what are they that they look so great and so happy and in love. I want that. And so if you see a healthy relationship, try to figure out what it is that they have that makes that healthy and safe. And because you you already know what's unhealthy and safe because a lot of these teenagers are in it and they recognize it. So try to be um, surrounding yourself with um, things that you see and listen to and the people that you are interacting with that you can mimic, you know, right. be, be like be like them. I mean, right. if you see somebody that's in a healthy and safe relationship, see what they're doing and and try to figure out, you know, and say something to them like, gosh, y'all, y'all look so happy. And, and they, that could be a 16-year-old couple, you know, like, oh, my gosh, why he's so nice to you. Yeah, that's, yeah, why would you not, why would he not be nice to me? You know, like, you need to be mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with what is healthy and not unhealthy, which is going to bombard you from all directions. And I would say if, if someone, a young person gets involved in an unhealthy relationship and she's hit or demeaned or cussed at or pushed you know, beyond physical boundaries and those kinds of behaviors controlled, you know, where are you and texting and controlling Mm -hmm. the relationships and those kinds of things. And finally they get out of it. I would really encourage counseling because you don't want to repeat that pattern. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times once those boundaries have been broken, it's very easy to repeat that pattern. So getting into counseling and saying, Hey, I got into this bad situation. I don't want to do this again. I want to you know, really get some help to see what the dynamics of that is so that I can choose healthy relationships going forward. I think that's really helpful too. So going back to the title of the podcast, yeah. as you both look back on your own lives, what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give yourself? Or even what would you tell yourself? Just like if you could write a letter to yourself, what would you say? I mean, looking, having the, the 
the life that I have now and looking at the, the job that I have and the things that I love to do, mm. speaking out about this, I think the biggest thing I would say is um, have realistic expectations. Do not feel like you have to live up to some crazy standard that's really mostly just in your head and, and to be confident and to speak up for yourself. You know, when you are in a situation, whether it's at work, in a romantic relationship, family, you need to speak up for yourself. I mean, all my friends and family tell me she has no problem speaking up for herself, but that's something that you learn. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to, to fight for what you want and you have to learn to um, understand that it's okay to have differences and that you might not agree with me, but what I want is this and that's healthy for me, so I'm going to do that. Um, so I would say be confident, speak up for yourself, and don't set expectations that are so unrealistic and so high that it hurts you actually to have them that high. So realistic expectations, be confident and speak up for yourself. Yeah, and I would say to dear younger me, um, you know, I came from a really challenging, hard uh, family dynamic, sexually abused, um, alone a lot, and, uh, so that set me up for these vulnerable relationships that I was taking advantage of. And I would just say, you know, that that doesn't have to be my future, you know, that I'm going to mature, that I can gravitate towards healthy people, healthy friends. Um, the choices that I made when I was in that really difficult, challenging place and being controlled, I could start making those steps to get out of it, to become the healthier version of me. And the life I have now, I absolutely love, love being strong, love being helpful and um, imparting to other people. And so just having that vision and taking those steps to get out and looking for those healthy people and the healthy support systems that you can be that. And then do you want to also talk about the inspiration behind the name yeah. of the podcast? Yeah, the inspiration um, when uh, Dr. Battle and I were talking about this, um, we came upon a song by Mercy Me and I'd encourage the listeners to download it and um, the song is called Dear Younger You. And um, one of the key lyrics, it says, even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride, dear younger me. If I knew then what I know now, condemnation would have had no power. My joy, my pain would have never been my worth. If I knew then what I know now, would have, been, would have not been hard to figure out what I would have changed if I had heard, dear younger me. So we hope that the listener just hears some of the tidbits from our life, and um, we really want to see some courageous young girls rise up out of the culture and be able to stand up for themselves, and we hope that we can speak to Dear Younger Them. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org and look for the Nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all charity champions at charitychampions.org. We'll see you next time. <laughs>